it is fun. I know that it's incredibly juvenile to let the let the political debate descend into us just making jokes about dragging nuts on each other's faces, but on the other hand, it's like I'm not into platforming people who believe in things like white genocide anyway. So Well, and the like people who are on Twitter like advocating for like you know, well, uh, you know, who's the real racist is uh, minorities because they won't let white people say the N-word or whatever. Right. Like, those people aren't like, I'm out here looking to learn, you know? I'm out here yeah. looking to broaden my horizons no, absolutely and, right. and really explore some new ideas and perspectives. Well, absolutely right. And, I mean, especially when they, especially when they start talking about, you know, multiculturalism is genocide. Like, no, that's not... That's not anything that I'm going to give any kind of credence to, because clearly that's 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 literally the opposite of the dictionary definition of fucking genocide. Yeah, uh, yeah. the The race mixing is is genocide argument is is pretty hilarious because they're they're basically saying like my own like children, like I'm disowning my own like descendants basically if they happen to yeah right be you know partially another race. sure like they don't count you know they're not real Did you see that? It's like well what they were they're your own and they're they're your own descendants bro right. like <laughs> that's how it works yeah yeah absolutely right there was a there was a meme that they were passing around i think i saw it on like forwards from grandma on reddit uh that was like this is what diversity looks like this is what multiculturalism looks like and the multiculturalism spectrum was a lot of different shades of brown skin, like zoomed in on brown eyes. And then the this is what diversity looks like was a bunch of white skin with people wearing uh, like fancy lenses in their eyes to make them look, you know, it was it was supposed to be like like white people have so much so much diversity because, you know, some of them have like green eyes or gold eyes or uh, right. or, or but <laughs> everyone rightfully pointed out that they just took it from some like ophthalmologist's office like website about like here are the custom lenses we can do you if you want to have like purple eyes you know <laughs> yeah the the great genetic uh diversity of like having uh like a cat eye like snake eyes slits <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Those, those like spiral eyes. Yeah, yeah. It it turns out it turns out that the most uh, the most diverse group in the world ever was Limp Biscuit, uh, because their right. their it's guitar like, player wore those crazy contacts. Yeah, look at Marilyn Manson. Like he's a great race. Like he's really what the diversity of the whites well, is. So and that's the thing so too that like by any definition of the word white isn't even an ethnicity it's just a skin color an ethnicity would be you know it's like you share some kind of natural or cultural origins in common so an ethnicity among white people might be i don't know like the germans or the swedes or uh, the swiss or, or or whatever but like white is not an ethnicity right exactly and that's where it, it's it's really funny to see people talk about like well we need to defend like white culture or whatever and it's like well like what you mean like the french like what are you like what are you talking about exactly like what what is that are you assuming that we all like kid rock uh because that is not (laughs) i i will disclaim that culture i am not interested in protecting it (laughs) yeah man i mean 
what if, you know, what if 90s rock is just, you know, <laughs> genocided away, you know, just by people not listening to it anymore? You know, I, I can't I can't live in a world that would allow that atrocity to happen first you know first they came for friends fans and i did not speak out because i did not like that show very much right <laughs> and then they were like maybe limp Bizkit isn't that great anymore and you know i was like i was like whoa too far what happened to civility <laughs> Welcome back and happy November from the Liquid Flannel Podcast. I am Matthew Hodges in Arlington, Texas, joined by my friend and co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, did your kids gorge on candy last night? Yeah, we uh, we went around the neighborhood. Uh, it was it was pretty scary seeing all those like uh, Don Bacon signs out there. No, there really actually wasn't even that many of those. Um, but yeah, man, we our neighborhood like there, there's a decent amount of kids going out. It seems like, but I think there's more houses where there's not actually kids that live there. So my kids came back and we literally weighed the candy, <laughs> and it was like 14 pounds. Sweet. Of candy. <laughs> it was. It's disgusting. Now some of that, you know, there was there's some people give out. I think they like work for Pepsi, so they just like give out sodas oh yeah okay you know those weigh you down a right. little bit but but still it was a ridiculous <laughs> amount of of candy we're like we are trying to get rid of this candy we don't need we don't need this much candy in yeah. our lives was there was there anything weird in the the kids baskets did they get like a chick tract or did, was anyone handing out no, like tooth, I, you toothbrushes know what? or like, anything i should i should be the guy in the neighborhood that starts handing oh my out God, chick be tracks because it used to be just a Halloween tradition, sure. but not anymore. Somebody uh, was handing out. Oh, what was it? Oh, it was like little pout, like applesauce packets or whatever that they have. Um, someone was doing okay. that, and the kids were like, they were like, "Yeah, applesauce, let's do this." <laughs> hey, kids do like applesauce like, though. Yeah, she was like, "I kind of those. I kind of thought that those would be for babies." <laughs> they, were, they were they were like, "Nope, these are great." <laughs> That was like the weirdest thing we got. You could hand out like Gogurt or something like that, I guess. God, there was some senator who posted a picture on Twitter who was like, "Here's what the kids get at my house this year," and it was like a basket full of pocket constitutions. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the Constitution <laughs> Center. Who was that? Which you know, if it was just if it was constitutions like and a Snickers, then it's like cool. But like just a Constitution, right. that's a little like you just get those for free from the ACLU and yeah, stuff. right. Like, no, that's, that's not really a treat. That's, that's incredibly stingy, and that's that's <laughs> also not why the kids are out there. Also, what a weird thing to try to politicize. What like little kids on their candy <laughs> holiday? I mean, it, look, it is. I mean, it is the Constitution. Like, I, it's a little bit weird that it's like a weird Republican senator giving them out. I have absolutely no problem with anybody giving out. I'm okay with that too. But at, still, all, at any time, but, if he was giving out like you know uh, MAGA hats or something, that, that would be another story. <laughs> little little Trump bumper stickers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. It still seems odd though to take such a a festive holiday like. It, it, I, I hope that that 
senator had at least one kid in a Fortnite outfit who did the take the L dance. Who was like, I, I don't I don't want that. Take the L. Sir, I reject your constitution <laughs> and substitute my own. Well Yeah, we should give out little tiny like Necronomicons just to balance it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, there were there were plenty of leftists on Twitter who were posting like I've got uh like a whole pile of like the little red book and that's what I'm handing out. <laughs> I would support it. I'm okay with that. I don't know. Yeah, I, you I mean, can if, go, if you can get like a Satan's coloring books or yeah, whatever, right. if, you if, know, those... if the conservatives are going to be radicalizing kids, then I think uh, I think leftists should be also. Oh, that reminds me though the about the the Satan thing. Have you been? You haven't watched that show, the the new Sabrina show yet, right? Oh, we started watching it, but we can't talk about it. It's too. It's too soon. Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Uh, all I wanted to say, though, was that the Church of Satan, I think it's the Church of Satan, the the ones who put up the Baphomet sculpture in, uh, in Oklahoma, are suing the creators of that show because they used some representation of that same sculpture, and they've got it copyrighted, and they never asked the, the Church of Satan if it was okay for them to use it. Yeah. Their statement was really funny because they were also like, also that shows making Satanism look bad. It's actually great. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> very, well, it's very rude. I, I always get them mixed up. I don't remember if it's the Satanic Temple or the Church of Satan, but one of the two of them are the, one of them is like the weird libertarian, like Anton LaVey people. Uh, the right. other one is basically like a left-wing trolling operation against um, like fundamentalist Christians who want to conflate church and state in various places so that they're the ones who sue like if you're going to put up the 10 commandments you also have to put up like our baphomet sculpture and this was the this is the latter one so really i don't think they care about the the iconography in any way other than just eh, this is our intellectual property you like stole this from the guy that we commissioned to make this sculpture for us yeah i mean that is kind of a jerk move from from Netflix to just straight up steal those dudes' sculpture, which is wicked sweet. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's a great sculpture. I mean, they, they should be rightfully mad for not getting compensated in some way because it's featured very prominently in that. Yeah, episode. or even just to ask them permission, you know, because they might have right, given they it. They, they seem to have a pretty <laughs> yeah. good sense of humor about stuff most of the time. I mean, they're they're right. fundamentally a humorist institution. Yeah, I, it would have been easy to just have them be like, what's up with the statue or whatever? And they're like, oh, we got it from the <laughs> churchofsatan.com <Right>. or whatever. <laughs> and then everybody could have been happy. And then I guess they, they felt like they weren't even represented that well. So that's unfortunate. That was a that was a bonehead move, Netflix. They're probably going to lose, too. There was a little debate about it today on on Twitter. And somebody was saying, I don't know. I just feel like religious iconography should be in the public domain and... Somebody pointed out, like, well, I mean, the thing is, most of it is, but only because it's really old, you know? Like, you can't just... Somebody commissions a sculpture for a, a Christian church or something. Like, that's copyrighted, just like everything else. No, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of, like, you know, specific, you know, sculptural works that are owned by specific, you know, churches or denominations or whatever, oh, and they will sue when <laughs> when someone tries to use yeah. them or whatever. Yeah, sure. But, um... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that that's a pretty recent uh, development with the sculpture. Um, it was pretty sweet. Well, do you remember when that guy 
like drove his car into the Ten Commandments. Oh, that was so good. Or whatever that they said. Oh. Didn't he come back and do it again or something? Yeah, he did it like twice. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, that guy's a hero. Um, rank. Well, speaking of defacing uh, political <laughs> <laughs> political monuments, um, do you want to talk about this uh, Fartenberry story? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jeff Fortenberry. He's a he's a congressman, right? He's not one of your senators there in Nebraska. He's a congressman. He actually used to be my congressman until I got redistricted um, into like the Omaha district instead of like the Western Nebraska district. Yeah, you're in Nebraska too now, right? Right, but he used to be my congressman, and so I actually I actually used to think back in the day like, oh, he's one of those. Like, you know, he's like an old school Republican who he's not like a culture warrior, you know, type of guy. Yeah, one of those centrists. You'd call him a blue dog right. if he was a Democrat kind of guy. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he's just out there saying like, hey, you know, uh, let's pass the farm bill or whatever, because he represents like, all, you know, the majority of the land in Nebraska, because there's only like three districts. Right. And it was like the entire like middle, including like all of Lincoln and and all of the like Gretna and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, now I, I guess because in the Trump era, you know, you got to step up your game. He, well, yeah, he there's, hired there's no this such like thing, campaign manager guy. There's no such thing as an effective never Trump Republican at this point. Everybody to right. a certain extent has had to at least sign on with everything that he does, uh, legislatively or by executive order. Uh, even if like Ben Sass, they're going to complain about the way he goes about it or the way he conducts himself on Twitter. Right. And so he he hired some like weird campaign manager guy who used to uh, like work for, you know, like the Bush administration and stuff. Uh, and I guess his 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 new plot is to find like random UNL professors on Twitter that, you know, post like posted a Facebook like of somebody who took a Jeff Fortenberry sign, put googly eyes on it. <laughs> And change the the O to an A so it said Jeff Fartenberry, <laughs> and then try to like get that guy fired and threaten him and be like, "Hey, we could ruin you. You know, watch who you're messing with." Right? Yeah, we should. Uh, we, uh, right now, uh, we should. Jeff Fartenberry, don't yeah, fuck we, with <laughs> we should play just a a short clip of the phone call, and then we'll talk about it. But I want to make really clear something here because I want to make sure that I have the standard that we're setting uh, correct. And the standard here is not something that I've posted, right? Not something that I have written, um, but you're going through and seeing what I have liked on my private, you, what, on my private, liking, on my private Facebook page, right? I know, but what you're liking is vandalism. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It, <laughs> I'm liking a photo. You're liking what the photo represents is vandalism. But if you, if someone were liking something with blackface, would that be acceptable? Yeah. So Ari Cohen is uh, a professor at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. He's an outspoken uh, progressive, which means that he is persona non grata to a lot of politicians in Nebraska. And he got that phone call from, what's the guy's name? It's Ren, but it's spelled Rain. And he gets all mad about that at one point during the phone call. <laughs> yeah. 
This guy is like uh, something archer or whatever. Right. Yeah, so this this archer guy calls Rain Rain Archer. It's, it's not Rain, it's Ren. He gets very upset <laughs> if you if you mispronounce it. Um, Ari Cohen gets this phone call that's talking about how basically him liking this post that he saw on Facebook is equivalent to him co-signing the idea of vandalism, which as the conversation goes on becomes him also co-signing the idea of like political violence. Right, which is like, oh, you put googly eyes on a sign or whatever, <laughs> like, next you're going to be firebombing a police station or something, right. like, it's it's clear that you're, you know, a violent radical. Now, it, I, I, will, I will admit that if somebody were to, uh, like, catch Jeff Fortenberry someplace and super glue googly eyes onto him, I would probably still like that post on Facebook. When they posted the picture, because <laughs> that would be hilarious. But that's not even uh, close to what happened. It's like when, when like someone uh, did like a pie in the face to Bill Gates or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, they they found a. This is my favorite thing. They found a a time where the official Nebraska uh, GOP Twitter account tweeted a picture of someone who had like spray painted a, a Democrat sign in Western Nebraska. Uh, and like put like a big like X through it, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, this is how we do it out here in Nebraska. Like, don't take your liberal trash out here." Um, and it's like, well, now you're literally overtly like sponsoring and encouraging it. Where I was just like, "Oh, that googly eyes, you know, <laughs> it's pretty funny, yeah, wacky." There was one other. Uh, there was one other change they made to the sign, right? Because down at the bottom it said like strong politician or like strong politics, strong values, strong something. And they had changed it to say strong odor, <laughs> which is really good. That's pretty yeah. good. Oh, they, Oh, they did. You know what? I didn't yeah, notice see, that. I, this guy's good. I think, I think they went too far. I think they should have just done the odor part and left the googly eyes and the, the a out of there. Too subtle. It's a, it's the yeah, perfect balance. No, no, I, I think you're right. Plus, nobody doesn't think that googly eyes are funny, uh, especially in the age of gritty. Well, right. And it's like, of all of the things that he could have done to deface the sign, he, you know, he did it in probably one of the most lighthearted ways possible. Oh, absolutely. Well, possible. and also, what does that say about, like, Fortenberry's actual you know, desires and goals to, to be in office. Really what he wants is to be able to crack down on ideological opponents, not, not to actually legislate about anything that matters in which case you would have your campaign manager, presumably out there, you know, pushing your message and talking about all of the great things you were going to do for Nebraskans. But instead what he's doing apparently is making phone calls to people who liked a status on Facebook Right, which is like, it's just so funny because this is the perfect example of like the Streisand effect where <laughs> yeah, yeah. no one would have cared if you just were like, oh, haha, Fartenberry, like, that's not, yeah, good one, guys. <laughs> like, okay, moving on. But instead, he has to like make it a huge deal and start threatening people about it. And now it's like getting more attention than it would have if he just let it go. And the thing is, it says so much about just how fucking delicate 
like frozen flower fragile right all of these all of these uh supposed uh like trumpian tough guys actually are because this week also had just this is just like what today or yesterday that steve king of iowa noted white nationalist was up in he was doing some sort of a i don't know it was like a policy discussion or something and this guy in the audience raised a question and he said so a few days ago the the shooter at the synagogue in pittsburgh um it said said some things about um not letting other ethnicities replace white people and you have said in the past that we shouldn't allow uh, we can't have a country if it's other people's children um, so can you just distinguish between those? And Steve King had an absolute fucking meltdown. How dare you compare me to that guy? It's like, well, you're the guy who went to Auschwitz. And then after the tour, like went and gave an interview on a, a, a white supremacist radio station to get their perspective on the thing. Like, yeah, no shit. People are drawing this comparison, but he has an absolute meltdown. His voice is cracking. He's yelling and shaking at the podium. And right, which is it, it's just so ridiculous because all he needed to do is say like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't condone like shooting up a church, a synagogue, or whatever. like that's all you have to say is like, well, that's the difference right, right there. Like, I don't think you should go out and shoot people. Like, that's why I use my words to talk or whatever. Like, yeah, that's that was a layup for him, and he couldn't handle it. And he was like, "Get this guy out of here!" And it's like, what? What? Are, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, if you can't respond to a simple question, like, what makes you different from a a literal murderer? That's that's an easy question. Yeah, but like, come I mean, on, man. It, it did have him in a in a corner a bit because if he were to if if the guy had been able to like press the question a little bit, really, what the question was was. How is your rhetoric about like multiculturalism different from this guy's rhetoric about multiculturalism? Right. And the thing is, Steve King knows that he's in trouble across the board. The the race in his district in Iowa is pulling much closer, and it's partially because of these shenanigans that he goes and like he hangs out with literal Nazis. He constantly is praising people like uh like victor orban and some of these other like strongman nationalists like european leaders uh, and steve king knows that people know that at this point so it is kind of a difficult position for him but it was funny when uh when the guy first asks the question and king is like I, I knew you were an ambusher when you came in. It's like, <laughs> because he's not a fucking liberal journalist. He's just a member of your, your constituency. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he knew that the, he knew that the lib journalists weren't going to say anything about he it. He looked a little brown, if you know what right. I mean. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to come stick your big nose into my meeting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, I guess I should be thankful that, Steve King is such a freaking idiot that he doesn't have the good sense to like pretend to not be racist anymore. Like, I, I guess we should be thankful that he, 
you know, ripped off the mask and wasn't just like, hey, I'm not going to just dance around how racist I am. I'm just going to be openly right, racist yeah. now. Um, I, I guess we should be thankful that he he's able to do that and have more people pay attention to him. But yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's to his benefit. So I don't know why he's he's doing it. I guess he just can't help it because he just sincerely is legit that racist. Well, I think he's he just, I think he's feeling he's racist and proud, sure. you know. I think he's feeling absolutely empowered by his friends at the highest level of levels of government who either uh directly or indirectly espouse the same kind of ideology or at the very least look away when somebody else is doing it as long as you vote for our tax bill or whatever. I mean it's it's a tool that the entire party is happy to use. Some of them find it distasteful to use it themselves, but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to do anything meaningful uh, when when somebody else does it. Right. Like when uh, like Jeff Flake or whatever tweeted like, uh, you know, hey, this this new uh, racist Trump ad is, is, you know, a little bit too racist for me. Uh, you know, we should all say that this is bad. And it's like, OK, OK, like if only you were a senator who could like say like, hey, you know what, like. I'm not going to vote for any more judges until Trump cleans up his act, right. you know, yeah. if you were serious about doing something. about Well, it. absolutely. And you've got Democratic politicians. Who was that? The one guy who came out and said that he'd be willing to consider legislation to fix uh, birthright citizenship, uh, which, by the way, you can't do with your fucking legislation. It's in the Constitution. So unless this Democrat is planning on being okay with the Republicans calling a constitutional convention or or actually trying to push through like a big amendment to amend the 14th like it this isn't a thing that needs to ever get the ear of anybody much less somebody who's elected by the fucking Democratic Party right yeah <laughs> I love that uh Steve King was going out today saying uh uh Ted Cruz called me and he said like keep up the good work <laughs> buddy <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, ooh. I think that was supposed to be a secret, oh, man. a secret call. Uh, you know, I know we're, I know we're past Halloween now, but um, it was, I don't know. What were your feelings when you saw that Ted Cruz tweeted out just a big block of the the Zodiac killers like cipher with just Happy Halloween on it? Well, I thought like step up your game, Ted, because he has already done that before. So, oh yeah, I I was thinking that it wasn't like a brand new thing. No, he's he's shown awareness of 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 the meme and I was ready for him to take it to the next level, you know, but <laughs> but he didn't do it. So I was I was you were, really disappointed. You were ready for him to kill five random strangers in in Los Angeles? Yeah, I was I was wanting him to be like, you know, hey, uh <laughs> Uh, just sitting down to watch my favorite horror movie or, you know, my favorite David Fincher horror movie and then, like, hit him with a Z DVD of Zodiac or something like that would have been right. great. Yeah. Uh, but no, he just just Google image searched Zodiac just, just letter the, and then just tweeted it. Yeah, just it. did the same so joke lazy. that he did before. That's true. That's true. Now, there were some people who were trying to moralize about it and going, like, like really, you think that it's funny to make light of five people who were murdered in the 1970s? It's like... Look, guys, you're you're barking up the wrong tree. Ted Cruz doesn't give a shit about anybody. Like, it, like right. <laughs> killing five people in the 1970s, if he had done it, would be like the worst thing that he's or, or the one of the better right. things that he's accomplished in his in his long career. But yeah, I guess that's the difference between Ted Cruz and and Jeff Fartenberry is that Ted Cruz has 
the political sense to say, hey, instead of trying to fight back and be like, I'm going to sue anybody who calls me the Zodiac Killer, you know, I'm going to take <laughs> him down. That he just you just lean into it, right? And you just say like, "Aha, you know what a what a ridiculous yeah, thing sure. that's happening." Ha, no, ha. I think it's fine. Um, if if it were coming, so if it were coming from when you're getting out politicianed by Ted Cruz, it's a sad yeah, thing. right. If it were coming from anybody who wasn't so loathsome as Ted Cruz, we would all think it was really funny. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to think of absolutely. I don't know though. It, I'm trying to think of a a politician like a high profile politician on the Democrat side who has such like a crazy meme about them i don't know i guess uh hillary clinton making a joke about actually having murdered seth rich would be up there (laughs) yeah well yeah yeah i mean i guess there's i mean there's some there's some uh some pelosi memes and stuff out there but they're Ah, they're not that good they're not i guess they're not really memes they just really hate right yeah i was thinking of a like the liz warren like native american thing and that's not that's not really that funny Uh, because it it punches down i guess it's way more funny to imagine ted cruz actually was a serial killer and for him to go along with the joke yeah i guess you're right the right can't mean I always thought that that was, you know, that they were taking it too far. But. Oh, you know what? There, There is actually a really good example of this, which is uh, Barack Obama at the correspondence dinner playing playing his birth video, which is the just the opening of The Lion King. Mm, yeah. I think that's I, that's that, the closest thing I can think of as a comparison. Yeah, I mean, do you remember when they used to, like, take Obama and then make him look like the Joker from the Dark Knight Christopher Nolan movie for <laughs> right. some reason because Obama just wanted to watch the world burn or something. I- I'm not really sure what the through line was from, from the Obama yeah. is the Joker meme. I mean, you can... That really... Actually, that that would be a fun exercise. Just list all of the villains that you can think of and then see if you can find a right-wing meme about Obama where he was portrayed as that. You know, like, <laughs> like Grand Admiral Thrawn Obama. It, I'm sure that's a thing out there. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I need to work on my fan. Man, right we could now. be we we should be so lucky to have a Grand Admiral Thrawn take over the fucking Democratic Pro- Party. Thrawn Obama. <laughs> oh, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I could. We're workshopping. We'll it. we'll workshop that while we're on a break. We'll be back. As uh, I'm sure all of us have already heard, this Saturday there was a shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh that tragically left 11 people dead, and the uh, terrorist who did committed this. The crime. He was quoted as saying, they bring invaders in that kill our people. I can't sit back and watch our people get slaughtered. You, Steve King, have been quoted as saying, we can't restore our civilization with other people's babies. You and the shooter both share an ideology that is fundamentally no, anti-immigration. Do not associate me with that shooter. I knew you were an ambusher when you walked in the room. I'm not no a basis for that, and you get no questions. I was, you get no I was about to ask no, you what distinguishes your ideology. I was about to ask no, you what distinguishes your guy. It's not tolerable to accuse me to be associated with a guy that shot 11 people in Pittsburgh. I am a person who if has you stood don't, with Israel from the beginning. That the length of that nation is the length of my life. I was about to and say anti-immigration. All along, and I will not answer your question. I'll not listen to another word from you. If you don't have a and white supremacist worldview, then why did you travel to Austria and meet with a white supremacist organization? I, believe it. I think he's given up. I think he's given his answer. I think 
that, okay. that his answer is his answer. Yep. But do you identify as a white supremacist? Sir, stop it. Sir, then why did you meet with a white supremacist organization? Yeah, so Spooktober was fun. It was a lot of fun being able to do a bunch of a bunch of spooky stuff, have some cool kind of out of the ordinary guests. Dude, on. let's keep it going. Spook Vember. Spook Vember. Alright. Alright. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of, well, I mean, I guess there's plenty of scary stuff to talk about uh, around Thanksgiving um, if you're not white. Oh, for sure. Oh, dude, have you've seen the, the famous Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special, right? I, I've never seen the Thanksgiving one. Christmas, oh, really? obviously. I've, I think I saw uh, the one where he goes to the spelling bee, and I think I've seen the Great Pumpkin maybe like one time, but... No, I, I've never seen the Thanksgiving special. So, because the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special is, is so short, when they air the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special on television now, they usually upend it with a another short from much later on called This is America, Charlie Brown. Okay. Where it's like... A retelling of the original Thanksgiving, but like with the Peanuts characters, like as the pilgrims but and that's, stuff. But that's not the thing that happens in Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. No, in the other Thanksgiving one, it's just like they're like everybody is going somewhere for Thanksgiving, but Charlie Brown's not going to go. So he's like, I'm going to give my own Thanksgiving. But then he's like, I can't cook. And so they just have like popcorn and dry toast or something like that. Oh, those are, like the okay. only two things you can make. Yeah, that is. And then they're a, like, but hey, bell. you know what? It's just about you know spending time with friends and family. Sure, and that's sure. The true meaning of uh, Thanksgiving. That's pretty nice. I've always liked the Friendsgiving, even if the even if the food isn't quite what you would get like home cooked at home. <laughs> right. So, but then they're like, oh, not enough to fill out the whole hour. Let's uh, slap this other one on there because uh, it's Thanksgiving themed as well. But oh my god, it is absolutely amazing because okay. I'm 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 already curious, like who are there characters who are cast as the Native Americans? And no, if it's so like which the, ones? The Peanuts the Peanuts characters are the like Mayflower okay. pilgrims. That had to have been pretty awkward for Franklin being like the only <laughs> black kid in the crew. I don't know if he gets to come. I think it is one of those, you know, retroactively like, yeah, the pilgrims were just culturally uh, diverse. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, that's just how it works now. Like the, the Beauty and the Beast live remake or something where, like, it's like everybody everybody lived yeah. in harmony in this little valley. But it's pretty funny because it's like they have some Peanuts characters, but then also they just have, like, random people. And then the Indians are like the Indians. And they're like, oh, it's Squanto and stuff. And he's like, hey, here's how to plant corn, kids. Sure. Uh, and then they're like, and then the winter came and dozens perished in the plague. And, and you're like, what is happening, Charlie Brown? It's going south. And then they're like, the oh, gravestones, you know, we couldn't keep up. Right, yeah. We, that We piled the dead in a mass grave. And you're like, what is this happening yeah, right that, now? That scene, that scene where they're trying to, like, hammer a hole into the ground to bury Sally Brown. Yeah, it gets it gets real dark, uh, and I was like, I cannot believe that this is a thing that was produced and aired. It's it's amazing. So <laughs> next time they air that, you got to catch it because it's, Wait, it's one of the most amazing things I've seen. That's the one that they chose to call "This Is America," Charlie Brown. Well, I guess it's like part of a series called "This Is America," Charlie Brown, and that was like one episode. 
Oh, um, man. Okay, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel if you think that we should watch all of This Is America, Charlie Brown, and do our commentary <laughs> on it. Well, let me see. I got the list of episodes right here. So that's okay. episode one. Clearly the best episode. You lead it off with the strongest <laughs> one. Pilgrim Mass Graves uh, is episode one. Oh, it'd episode be so great if they started at the beginning of American history and whichever ones died in whatever uh, like era didn't come back for the next episode. <laughs> just, they just they just continue on. Episode two is the birth of the Constitution. So it kind of is in order. Okay. Episode three is the Wright Brothers flight. And then all the episode four is the space station. So I don't know where they <laughs> yeah. they really made a jump. There's there. some there's some lost like Vietnam War episode. But yeah, I guess it's like a theoretical space station because this was like in in the late 80s. So like there was not an actual space station. There was just like Reagan's uh like <laughs> yeah, Star Wars <laughs> Alzheimer or... dreams. Well, or when whatever did uh, yeah when did when did Mir go up? That was Russian, and I had a, it must have been in the 90s. I mean, you're not so. going to put that in a This is America, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. But. So, yeah, you know, it's stuff like stuff like that. But, yeah, I bet that would be a, a, a really not that great of a watch. They missed actually. an unbelievable opportunity to do a, a This is America, Charlie Brown about the Great Depression, since that is exactly what, like, Peanuts is about anyway, oh, is dude, people they- being depressed. They should get, yeah, they should get, like, Ken Burns involved in the, like, Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peanuts. It's the Dust Bowl, Charlie Brown. Well, Charles Schultz must have grown up through... Did he fight in World War II? It's possible. Oh, probably. I mean, who didn't? Wow. I wonder how much he had to do with the creation of those then, because, I don't know, maybe they just... Maybe he requested that they just gloss over all the shitty, like, political parts that he lived through. He was born in 22. Okay, so probably didn't, probably didn't fight in, probably didn't fight in World War II. Probably fought in Korea? No, he served as a staff sergeant with the 20th Armored Division in World War II. Holy shit. As a squad leader on a 50 cal machine gun team. Man, he would have been young as hell, too. That's amazing. He would have, like, just turned 18. Yeah, he said that he only saw, he, he, <laughs> this is an amazing story. Charles's, Schultz's unit only saw combat towards the very end of the war. Schultz said he only had one opportunity to ever fire his machine gun, which he tried to do, but forgot to load it. Oh, no. <laughs> the German soldier then willingly surrendered. What a blockhead. <laughs> he then created the character of Charlie Brown. Oh, my God. Immediately. <laughs> His, his, uh, his, uh, his squad mates, you know, held the box of ammo out in front of him and then yanked it away at the last second. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so weird, um, to think that, god, he's that old. But I mean, Peanuts is so crazy. I mean, he used to, like, have strips about, like, the freaking World War One Red Baron and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, which would have been, I don't know, in his parents' direct memory, I guess. But also, like, far enough out for him to kind of romanticize. I don't know, the Red Baron was kind of cool. I mean, he was he was a really good flying ace. He had a silver cup made for every single kill he got while he flew around. But apparently sometime Didn't in, Didn't he like, have, like, hundreds? Yeah. 
Yeah, he had like a special silver cup made to to commemorate each one. Yeah, because he he was a baron. He was a a super rich guy. So every time he went home, he was like, "Well, I need this many silver cups, man." He kept them all apparently in this big display case. He's uh, got like a Scrooge McDuck uh, like vault, full <laughs> right? Just full of, silver of cups. full of goblets. Yeah, um, yeah, this and then uh, by enemies. And then sometime in World War Two, uh, they got appropriated and all melted down, and I don't know what they used them for bomb parts probably or something like that oh my god schultz's inspiration for charlie brown's unrequited love for the little red-haired girl was an accountant at his art school at art instruction incorporated with whom he fell in love he proposed to her but then she turned him down and married somebody else yeah yeah right no i I think i think charles schultz was one of the original incels um this guy what an improbable like thing to have become globally popular and acclaimed right what a strange strange creation well everybody likes ennui you know i mean it's like like everybody agrees that weezer's best album is pinkerton and it's because it was the one where rivers cuomo had like broken his leg and had to hang out in his dorm room all the time and couldn't like go out and do anything cool um so he was just like sad all the time and it's their best album i guess so that's charles schultz's entire life is what i'm saying I never really liked Charlie Brown. It was I am not into it. Yeah, I, I never really understood why it was so appealing. The I, original strips are are fucking hilariously dark, though. Um, where it, it's not even really like punchlines. It's just these really nihilistic statements about existence as a kid. <laughs> the fifties were a different time, I guess, is what I'm saying. For sure. Yeah, well, when that's the real make America great again, you know, bring it back to the days when <laughs> you could just make newspaper comics about like being mean to children. Well, I was going to say and then have everyone be like, it's so true. You mean bring it back to the days when like a white man could fuck up his military career <laughs> and then come home and make bad art because uh, we had that. It was George W. Bush. Draw a cartoon of a dog. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was Bush's dog's name? It was like Barney or something like that. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I think the only one that really ever stuck out to me was Socks the Cat, uh, which oh, was the... his own Super Nintendo game? Uh, yeah, well, there was that, but also just because when you're a little kid, you care more about the president having a pet, I guess. Have we talked about how Trump is the only president who has never had a pet? I'm like, not sure we have talked about president. that, but is that's, that's some... That's an incredible, almost psychopathy, I think. Yeah, it's like, get a robot dog or something. Like, just do something. Right. Like, come on, get a fish. Yeah. Like, whatever. Well, no, I mean, you saw the you saw the little video of the kids trick-or-treating where he, like, reaches down and, like, shakes their little hands and gives them some candy and then stands up and he kind of looks disgusted, like, off to the side <laughs> and wipes his hands on wipes his, his jacket and on his tie. <laughs> in, his, in Trump's defense... Kids are pretty gross, man. Little kids they, do get sticky. I agree. I've but seen them. I've seen them touch some gross stuff. For those sure. weren't those weren't the last kids in line though, because the the next person up was somebody wearing one of those. Uh, I I don't care who you are. I think the inflatable Tyrannosaurus Rex costume uh, with <laughs> yeah. the big waggly head. I think that's always funny. And he turns around and it's, it's standing there, and he he just obviously doesn't know what to do with it at all. Yeah, there's only one other president who didn't have a pet 
everybody's favorite president, the ever popular James K. Polk. <laughs> Man, Polk couldn't do fucking anything right. <laughs> Uh, Every other president's had a pet, huh? Hey, man, po- President Polk annexed Texas. Okay, I think. Yeah, show so some like respect, I said, bro, couldn't do anything right. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> Didn't uh, John Quincy Adams have like a pet crocodile or something like that, or like a big ass alligator that they brought him from oh, Florida? Dude, yeah. An alligator from the Marquis de Lafayette. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He also had pet silkworms, which yeah. the first lady Louisa Adams used to spin her own silk. That's pretty cool. That is crazy. I mean, that's where silk comes from. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. But back in the day, it's like uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson had some grizzly bear cubs. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't think I don't think you keep silkworms as a pet. I think they're just I don't know. It's like keeping any other livestock, isn't it? I guess that's true. It's like, you know, you don't like, you know own the chickens you just get the eggs right 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 it's not a pet chicken really and i mean with with chickens at least you might only have a few so you might name them but i don't think you're out i don't think louisa (laughs) adams is in there fucking naming silkworms oh there's silky 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 too too. (laughs) my my favorite one extra silky silky Uh, two's in a mood today 800 count yeah i think somebody who's like a foreign dignitary should give him a pet (laughs) <laughs> just because he can't say no or whatever he loves to get gifts yeah like, he would take it i mean in all what's of a the, good pet for trump though in all of the clips that Maybe i've like ever like a lizard yeah in all of the clips i've ever seen of him i've only seen him with an animal i think twice and both times it was when he was trying to pose with a a bald eagle oh yeah kind of like <laughs> tried to murder him. yeah like kind of <laughs> kind of juked him out a little bit but um yeah i don't know what what a lizard might be good what for him. What if Trump just got super into falconry? I think that would totally help his image. Oh, absolutely it would. He should just overcome, you know, his bald eagle attack fears and just get out there and start, you know, training some falcons. Yeah, well, know? I don't I don't think you start with a bald eagle. Those things are fucking huge. You well, start with a little, to, like, He has to overcome that, his traumatic event. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, he doesn't have anything to do all day. He only works like two hours a day or whatever. So he's out on the no golf course all the time. Be, yeah. Oh, dude, what if he could like train a falcon to go like pick up his golf ball and then like <laughs> and carry it, it and drop it in the <laughs> hole or whatever, and then be like, "Hey, the rules didn't say like <laughs> birds, Rule, man. Like, rules, what are you gonna do? Rules never said anything about natural hazards on the course. Yeah, that's why it's called a birdie." I could I could see him doing like birds of prey, <laughs> except he's such a notorious germaphobe that I can't see him ever really getting over that. I mean, birds are, you know, birds you are fucking to, like, disgusting. No, they're you wear gross. A glove. You don't touch them. You know, you don't. You're not snuggling with the bird. Yeah, I, I guess birds are birds are pretty birds are pretty creepy. They're pretty gross. I mean, they're just they're just leftover dinosaurs, and dinosaurs were obviously super gross. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know though, because I can't oh, picture man. him. I can't picture him with anything like nicer or fluffier than that. You Do know? you remember that that story about like Putin heard that Angela Merkel like didn't like dogs um, because she was like attacked by a dog when she was a kid or something, and so he so made he shows a point. up with like four giant yeah, Dobermans of, like, or something. When they're yeah. in a meeting or whatever, he's like, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, my dogs are in here, or whatever." Ha ha ha. He should totally play that one on Trump. 
um because it would totally work just bring in his giant ass dogs or absolutely whatever, just freak trump out yeah show him who's boss yeah i'm surprised he didn't do he's probably waiting until he comes to america or whatever he's gonna fly over with like 12 dogs <laughs> It kind of explains something about all the Trump kids, though, that they likely were never allowed to have an animal. Uh, Didn't they a- ever have, like, a Tamagotchi? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Tiffany's moved out. She just wanted to have a fucking cat for once. Yeah. So, so much to get Trump, like, a Furby. Oh, my God. <laughs> he wouldn't know what was going on. He would talk to it, though. He would talk to it all the time. I, I could see him getting really into it. Oh, do you remember the Trumpy bear? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> that was like the infomercial that they were running where it was like a bear with Trump hair. Oh, God. And then it was like $40 or whatever. Did it talk? Was it like a Teddy Ruxpin where you could No, put but that's like... what I was going to say. They should totally make like a Teddy Ruxpin version of that <laughs> for Trump. And then it could just be like, immigrants are, are coming to take your jobs. And he's like, that's what I've been saying. That's <laughs> That's what I've been saying, Trumpy Bear. <laughs> there, there's literally an episode of the Venture Brothers about this where <laughs> Dr. Venture ends up in a uh, like a long-distance phone conversation with just a, like a Teddy Ruxpin tape that's playing random tracks. We should try that. I mean, we know that it's easy to get through to the guy. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't made like a like a an app or something or like a like a children's toy where it's like a bear and it's just like teddy ruxpin except it has like an alexa in it or whatever so it can actually like talk and listen and respond to you right i should go do that we have we have so many great business ideas on this show (laughs) all of our business ideas are these horrible dystopian nightmares though (laughs) well that's that's the world we live in all right it's not our fault no no true enough i think uh i think the only reason that hasn't happened is because Amazon and Google keep getting in trouble for like little kids ordering, you know, $8,000 worth of like Barbie merchandise oh, all at the same time, point. you know. There was a there was actually a story where Mattel was making a Barbie that did that where it was like, "Hey, what's up? I'm Barbie. Like, what's your favorite color?" And then it'd be like blue and just like, "Oh, yeah, Barbie's going to remember that. It's going to keep it in the Mattel yeah, sure. database and uh it's just going to it's just going to sell that information well, to yeah, you." Just and some... then they were like, "Wait a minute, this is maybe a bad idea." Yeah. I, I I can't believe that they didn't release it anyway though. I mean, the way that everybody has just glommed on to the idea of the internet of things and how like it's good that your microwave knows when you're in the room because then it like keeps the magnetron like slightly energized in case you need to cook something or see what was that trump was right about magna about microwave spy again he's so he's so prophetic what was that uh there, there's a there was some uh patent filed i think by it was either by amazon or by google where they where the thing would be your Alexa or your Google Home thing or whatever, I, I can't keep them straight, would be listening to you all the time. And if you're like sniffly or something, you know, when you ask it for, you know, what's the weather like right now? It's like, <laughs> well, it's 55 degrees outside. You don't, you, you sound like you're not feeling too good. Should I order you some soup? <laughs> nice. Uh, which is, that's fucking terrifying. Is it though? I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say no to soup. That sounds great. <laughs> it's it's more the listening all the time part that I have a problem with, not the offering you soup. But yeah, good distinction. You know, look, when the Star Trek computer did it, no one thought it was creepy or weird. They thought they all loved it. It was great. <laughs> it replicated the soup for you right there. It was really nice. They need to make a the, Star the, Trek. The Star Trek computer never went 
rogue and yeah. tried to murder everybody. Right, it right. never happened. Yeah, that never happened. There should be like an entire Once Star season, Trek. Well, maybe. Yeah. There should be an entire Star Trek series about the, you know, when the horrific implications of all of the technology that they live with daily, you know, all comes to fruition and they end up actually having to fight off. You know, the the artificial intelligences that they've handed their entire society over to. Yeah, I mean, it did seem like on Star Trek that they really were never addressing the the central concern of like, hey, look, if you could just like have um, a holodeck, like create physical presences that yeah. have advanced AI, like but why why are you out in space anyway? If you could just be like, oh, this is just a drone ship that we just hologram with or whatever. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're oh, not actually man. here. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. They really could have just sent out a bunch of like faster than light probes to show up on different planets. And then back on earth, they're like, like beep, beep probe arrived. It, it landed and <laughs> wants to talk to some people. So go into the holodeck. You can just be there. Yeah. It sounds pretty great. And then look, bonus, the, the, then when they're done, they're just like, hey, do you want this holodeck? We weren't really going to use it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we'll just replicate you one real quick. See ya. Or if they're or if they're bad, like build a neutron bomb into the probe that can go off and so, you know, at the end of the meeting. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The TV show really wouldn't have been as exciting, though. Yeah, I suppose not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought you were going in a different direction with that, that they never dealt with the societal fallout of having perfect like porn suites that people well, there would... was that episode where barkley gets addicted to the hologram and it happened to jordy too yeah to that's the, what was, but they always they end talk up about laughing it off addiction. at the end like like men are making uh these these facsimiles of women that they're fixated on and spending all of their time with them which itself is incredibly creepy but then at the end it's always like well i blame the technology or like no dude you You've got some serious issues that you need to work out. Like you need to go see the counselor about this unhealthy fixation and your ability seemingly to just trivially fetishize the women that you're into. Like that that is not healthy. That's not who I want to be my chief of engineering. Yeah, and they would always come around at the end and they'd just be like, "Well, but isn't it isn't it cool to hang out with Whoopi Goldberg?" <laughs> that was that was really the 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 message at the end on there. Can you imagine if that were to happen today? Jordy LaForge would be our current James Damore. <laughs> he would go on a Yeah, he would be going on a on a Me Too rant yeah. about women in the in the engineering field yeah, his, or whatever. His his Twitter handle would be blinded for truth. Yeah. Now, I actually really also I I thought that that was an amazing storyline where like that woman finds out that he did that and is like super creeped out and is like you're a gross creep yeah, or whatever. Right. This is this and is stalker Jordan behavior. Is like, mm, good, good point. Well, I I think he also uh, I haven't seen the episode in a while, but isn't there also some little smackerel of him saying like, also it's kind of your fault for being so alluring and like not giving <laughs> me the time of day, which is that Probably. is absolutely incel behavior. Well, and also like. The holodeck totally like, like made it happen too. Like that's the weirdest part, where he was just like, "Hey, help me understand engineering or whatever," and she's like, "Oh, I'll help you understand engineering, all right." <laughs> slow, you come over here, yeah. You know? Slow saxophone music starts playing. <laughs> and he's like, "This isn't really what I meant," but <laughs> right, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't want to be. I don't want to be sex negative though. 
at the same time, you know, I, I think the the concerns about, you know, like incels making use of sex robots is a little bit overblown in terms of like it's going to make them more misogynist. It's like, sister, they're as misogynist as you can possibly get already. Like yeah. letting them letting them jacket is not going to be like a bigger problem. Yeah, I don't think the new Star Trek series has any holodeck stuff because it's like J.J. Abrams Star Trek now. Yeah, right. Well, they're they're back in like original series timeline, right? Right. And I haven't watched I any of the that, new like, one. Freaking... That's kind of a kind of a prequel, right? Yeah. That uh, that I wonder if that Family Guy Star Trek show <laughs> does any hologram jokes. Did that show get canceled? I don't know. It Is it still have. on? I think it. I thought it was. It seems was like it's been a the, while since I heard about it. The, it probably got canceled. The Orville? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about it in a couple of years, but then I'm not super plugged in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Missed know. opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Well, apparently they're making some some animated Star Trek thing. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's right. I think I'm remembering that right. And like, Dan Harmon from Rick and Morty is going to be involved in it. Oh, wait. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. That was that was what pretty much everybody did. <laughs> Animated Star Trek. Uh, Dan Harmon. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be interesting. I, I feel sad that there's not. I feel like there's not. Star Trek was such a great thing in the mid 90s. That was a hopeful vision of the future. And I feel like that's just missing right now. Like, there's really not anything that's like that that I can think of. I think you're totally right. I think about it sometimes in terms of... I guess of... the Marvel movies kind of <sighs> are, but not really. I mean, every every superhero fiction is inherently at least authoritarian, if not just straight-up fascist, you know? Because it's always, like, the ubermensch are going to come and save us. Yeah. Yeah, I always think about it in terms of uh, to stay in the comic book world. You know, there's those little inserts in Watchmen where Ozymandias is like, it's like from the desk of Ozymandias and all of the articles and stuff that he has laid out and his little notes to his marketers and stuff. And he, he talks about how in times of social upheaval, people will retreat to these uh, conservative... Um, protected values uh, and it's only like once you break through a big uh, cultural change that people start to look forward to uh, to the future and what could be which is why you had like you know like all of that great retro futurism stuff uh, you know like Starlight Motel sort of um, uh, like even Art Deco to a certain extent was a result of uh, like World War One, and like finally the world's back on track, and we can look forward to the future. And then after World War Two, you had all this futuristic sort of looking stuff, and it was the Rocket Age and the Atomic Age and stuff like that. And I think now, I think you're right. It, we we don't really have any kind of like hopeful, forward looking fiction in our culture, which is why even watching uh, like Star Trek: The Next Generation. Or even like the West Wing, which people love to bag on from a leftist perspective, and it does deserve it, but it's also a product product of its time, which was looking at like things are reasonably okay, and all we need to do is just like 
you know, like fight for the goodness in everybody and, and like good will win the day. And we don't really have that kind of fiction right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder really now that I'm thinking about it, if the reason that we don't have it is just because it, do, it just doesn't work. <laughs> like right. just no, one, no one wants that because it feels so like inherently like hokey and false. Yeah. It's just going to be this, this phony thing that, you know, what's, What's this pablum they're trying to feed us to make us think that things are okay? Yeah. Well, that's a that's a low enough note to take us into our <laughs> into our second break. Good point. <laughs> let's see if we can let's see if we can salvage this on the other side. The Washington Post reported that Mr. Mueller was at jury duty as to discredit this accuser. That's why they re-reported it. That's why it's going around. But, but real quick, real quick, excuse me, excuse me, rather than double checking and saying, wait a second, was he only at jury duty? Sometimes people go to jury duty, but they're also somewhere else. Was he only at jury duty? No, instead of, it's, oh, hang on, it's not funny. This is not a laughing matter. Okay, so you're 20 years old. What is your investigative, what is your background as a professional investigator? Like I said, I, I've done a handful of matters you know my uh mission here is not to establish a narrative it's not to follow an agenda it's to bring forth it's a it's hang on hang on it's excuse me it's to bring forth the facts and let the facts speak for themselves and that's what we've done here the gentleman in the back are you both prepared for federal prison uh no we are not uh well i'll give you the last so I think I think if we're gonna talk about it at all, it needs to be during the high note portion, which is, um, and I'm sure everybody else is gonna talk about it. But Jacob Wall, we gotta we gotta mention it just briefly uh, on this episode. The, the whole timeline. I, I'm so lucky that I got to watch it in real time as it unfolded because the headline came out. I think on Friday. That was like. Mueller's team like refers a complaint for investigation or whatever that like someone's trying to falsely accuse him of sexual misconduct. Right. And he, you know, tipped off the investigators to be like, oh, you should know that like this, this is happening and look into it. And what is happening is something that the most hopped up West Wing writer's room could never have conceived (laughs) of a plot so comical. I think that's right. I think that you could not write a character like Jacob Wool. The guy is He's of this generation's Mozart. At his at his press conference today was called a child prodigy uh exceeding even Mozart, which if by child prodigy you mean grown man and by exceeding Mozart you mean exceeding in terms of making yourself look like the biggest fucking ass. My, my favorite part of that story was that when his lawyer said that, this guy's a prodigy like Mozart, somebody in the audience just yelled out like, he can't even open an account at E-Trade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest person to ever have been banned from uh, like holding a securities license. You know, we're, we're recording this on the first, so a bunch of this stuff, the press conference and everything just happened today. Jacob Wall can't even log off long enough to read the room and like judge what's going on. So uh, Chrissy Teigen, <laughs> who's, who's like a model and she's uh, uh, John Legend's wife, um, like super popular and known online, was like, why am I just hearing about what did this guy do that I'm just hearing about him today? And he quote tweeted her and said, I became more famous than you today. 
that's what happened with uh with a gr- with like the Google Analytics graph of the number of times a particular name has been Googled for the past couple of days. And everyone rightfully pointed out like, well, yeah, dude, if if you show your entire ass online, but most people don't know who you are, then pretty much everyone's going to Google you so that they can jump in on the fucking joke that it, that you have made of yourself. This is like if you had like a video of you skateboarding and hit your nuts on a stop sign or something. Right. It went viral online and you were like, yes, this is it. Yeah. This is my moment. <laughs> like I'm finally, it's finally happening. Finally, people are recognizing my talents. Yeah. You become Andy at the end of the office where he <laughs> finally gets famous for like breaking down crying on America's Got Talent or something. If he doesn't end up in federal prison over this whole what everyone seems to agree is a pretty obvious attempt at like disrupting the Mueller investigation, bringing false charges like it's criminal conspiracy, you know, so assuming he doesn't end up in prison, he's going to end up having to go to one of those support groups for like washed up viral sensations, you know, like the the chocolate rain guy. <laughs> Oh, I mean, that status is too much for him. I, I think he really does probably need to go to jail. I mean, he's literally setting up fake companies to offer people bribes to file false crime reports. That's <laughs> you can't do that. Like, yeah, even yeah. in even in Trump's America, it's a little bit much. You know, you, you just got to keep it right on the side of plausible deniability. And he, he forgot the cardinal rule. You know that you've messed something up in your attempt at becoming a big name right wing grifter when even the QAnon loving gateway pundit <laughs> yeah. is like, we're we're gonna take a break from being associated with this guy. He technically doesn't work here, okay? He was just a freelancer right. uh contributor. <laughs> it was glorious. I, I can't believe it. And just the fact that he was so immediately and obviously caught red handed and yet doesn't have the temerity to just be like, next time, you know, like James O'Keefe, yeah. right? Every time he gets caught, he just says like, well, you know, you got to fight dirty because the libs are so yeah, sure. bad. Yeah, right. And he and he kind of goes underground for a little while and then he pops back up with a new stunt or something. But Right. Like, I can't believe he actually went forward with this ridiculous press conference where the woman that was supposed to be there and accusing him of sexual Mueller of sexual assault was like, no, no, thank you. I don't want to participate in right. this. <laughs> Didn't even show up. And yet he still is like, oh, we're still doing the press conference. Oh, and then like his lawyer's freaking yeah. pants fell off like it was a goddamn cartoon or whatever. <laughs> like you just you just can't write this stuff, guys. His pants fell down in a comical fashion, like in a big pool around his feet, and then an anvil fell on Jacob Wall's head, and then all of his teeth came out like piano yeah. keys, like one by one. Just imagine if you were like in the writer's room for like Veep or something, and you were like, what if the guy's lawyer had his fly unzipped the whole time? And they're like, ah, you know, nah, it's just too... It's a yeah, little on the nose. You're gilding yeah. the lily. You need to just take a step back. It was amazing. It couldn't have happened to... A scummier idiot. Oh, he's he is the worst. We've talked about him on the show before as just the the insta Trump reply guy, and everyone thought that he was, you know, angling for a pardon for his still pending felonies for illegal securities trading. Yeah. Securities fraud, yeah. Like right after the news broke too, he tweeted like hashtag believe women or whatever. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Hashtag believe all yeah, women. Yeah, even though he was like, literally weeks before, was like, 
Christine Blasey Ford's a liar and she needs to rot in jail for the rest of her life. Right. And then he literally came out with a statement where he says, I'm not one, you know, I didn't used to believe women until one came along that was like politically advantageous to me. And and now I've realized the error of my ways. I think what he actually said was his default position is not to believe all women. <laughs> but I believe this one. That I paid $20,000 to lie. <laughs> She's very trustworthy. Aside from the, the humorous value, I think there is actually a, a high note here, which is that it's it's a stunning demonstration of how difficult it actually is to fake a rape allegation. Right. In a roundabout way, what they did was demonstrate that Christine Blasey Ford probably was telling the truth because she was grilled. Her story held up at, at every angle. There were some witnesses who couldn't corroborate, but they weren't disputing any of the things that she was saying all of the dates match up like there was nothing there was no big like blow the case wide open sort of thing like with this i i think i think what it does is it shows that really you should believe women who are coming forward because if it's fake it's really easy to find out that it's fake all the men's rights people on the internet love to Say, like, look at this person who had this false accusation. That's why, you know, we need to stand up and fight back for men's rights and all that. Because, And it's like, well, the stories that you see about those people is because their allegations were proved false. Yeah, right. And they're being held, you know, criminally liable for filing false information. So, like, it actually, the system is actually, is actually working in those, in those cases. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure we're living in... Michael Crichton's disclosure universe anymore where just the whiff of an allegation is enough to actually ruin your life. It's certainly it cannot be in any way a, a an enjoyable experience to go through a false allegation sort of thing. But it does seem like once false allegations are brought to light, that person is acquitted, not just legally, but also in the court of public opinion. No, you're right. It it absolutely proves that the idea, the Lindsey Graham shouting idea where he's like, well, watch out, Democrats. Like, if this is how it's going to work now, like, get ready for all the allegations that are coming your way because it's so easy to just throw right. these allegations out there and, you know, to just ruin someone's life where it's like, oh, actually, no, it's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to do that. You have to coordinate with them to pay them off to do false allegations. Like, who wants to go through with doing false allegations it's it's just not worth it yeah you're gonna have to go up there and perjure yourself for what like a couple of tens of thousands of dollars or something like that yeah in in front of congress give me a break that's not happening right and then to have like all these dates and stuff lined up like the thing that he was saying was he was like he assaulted her when he was in new york or whatever and he was like at jury duty (laughs) right and then like (laughs) second of all like i wasn't even in new york on like the specific day that you mentioned, you know, and so it's like, oh, oops, I guess I guess this isn't as easy as we thought. Yeah, that was that was just bonehead moves, you know, to say nothing of the fact that pretty much every person at a high enough level to to get attacked, like travels around with like a security detail. So what are you going to pay off somebody's security guards also for not keeping a rigorous, you know, just electronic diary of where they were on that day? I guess we should expect more like false Republican allegation accusations, <laughs> because, I mean, if they think that they can 
do it. It's clear, unless this guy's going to get the book thrown at him, which it seems like, you know, who's going to do it? Is Jeff Sessions going to crack down on this kid? Like, mm, yeah, maybe probably not. not. But also, also what it says about their position is that they believe that anybody on the U.S. political left doesn't actually take these things seriously. They only care about it when it's someone, you know, on the the opposing team. And I don't think they can make that case. Which is why Al Franken is a sitting senator Fucking exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) You know, like, no, it turns out that there's one side that actually does take allegations of sexual assault and actual sexual assault very seriously. And it's not a team sport when you do that. Like, I don't want a sitting Democratic senator who's a sex pest. And I think a lot of people don't. Yeah, it, it's a very low bar. It's an incredibly fucking low as bar. A, as your standard. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the point that's been being made through this entire hashtag Me Too that, okay, some entertainers are going to have to leave public life, but think about all of the entertainers that that makes room for who don't have sexual assault allegations against them. I bet there are as many great politicians as Al Franken out there who never did lewd shit as opposed to the fucking Republicans who will circle their wagons around people like, well, Donald Trump, but also, you know, Roy Moore or um, who is this one down in Texas? Blake Farenthold. Oh, Farenthold. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody did at this point. But at the time, people were kind of like clucking about how this is inappropriate, but they weren't asking for him to step down. When the Al Franken pictures came out, pretty much everybody on the left was like, okay, he's got to go. Right. But do you know what the real crime is? Fart jokes. <laughs> uh, other than Fartenberry, which is which was really a delight this week. The googly eyes are so good. Googly eyes are always fucking funny. I think that has to do with everybody having fallen in love with Gritty. Gritty kind of single-handedly brought back the comedy of the googly eye. Gritty man, he's really out there just being, you know, Antifa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just everybody just goes with it. I, I was kind of surprised. I thought for sure, like, what even is the team? Like the Philadelphia. It's the Flyers, I flyers think. Flyers yeah. or whatever. Like, I thought that they would be out there being like, Gritty is not Antifa. Right. Gritty is non political. They were like, yeah, you know, yeah. Gritty's whatever you want him to be. <laughs> he's his own man beast. Gritty is also super horny online. Kim Kardashian tweeted something <laughs> yeah. about like she was going to release some more swimsuit photos of her because she's on vacation. And like the official Gritty account was like, can't wait. Oh, Gritty's, Gritty's leftist, but he's also a reply guy. But googly yeah. eyes are always fucking funny. Jeff Fortenberry should. Do you think that that speaks to some, I don't know, like when he was in middle school or something and everyone was calling him Fartenberry? I mean, he should say that if that's what's going on. <laughs> he could like, make it into a whole anti-bullying thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There's there's lots of opportunities there. But yeah, it, it's it's hilarious <laughs> that this is the hill that they're like when Trump's out there calling Stormy Daniels a horse face, saying like maybe we'll shoot uh, people who are trying to seek asylum. Right. Maybe we'll just shoot them. You know, those are like, hey, that's fair game. You know, don't want to you know, step on any toes and, and say like, hey, that's a bridge too far. But the, the farts jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But my high note is actually that uh, I actually early voted 
today because oh, ne- nice. Nebraska amazingly for as conservative as a state as it is actually has some really good like vote <clears throat> vote by mail early vote kind of uh, uh laws that actually make it really really easy for people to vote although they don't do a great job of advertising <laughs> that sure uh, unfortunately yeah it's actually pretty great what's the early voting like sitch down there in, in texas you guys have vote by mail and all that stuff too uh, we definitely have early voting. I haven't actually looked into uh, vote by mail, but yeah, early voting starts up. I think it's like two or three weeks before the polls actually open uh, down here, which is I'm not worried about it too much because my polling place is always fairly low key, and I kind of like the I like the ritual of going down on on election day and casting my ballot. Yeah, you know, I did that for the primary, but. I feel like in this election where it's going to be so like they're expecting like really high turnout and stuff, it's just not worth it to like have to wait in a freaking line. Like, yeah, if you could just go on a on another day and just like, no, I'm just going to be 15 minutes late to work and like swing by and just vote real quick. Like I went there today. I was actually kind of surprised because I went there today in the afternoon and there was like I had to wait in a line. There's, but it was only like four people. But still, I was like, it's like a Thursday afternoon at like two o'clock. <laughs> right. Why am I having to wait in a line at all? And they had like three or four people working the counter inside, getting people set up with ballots and stuff. And there was yeah. people in there. So uh, it, was I it was pretty crazy. Uh, I'm really encouraged by some of these numbers that we're seeing that this looks to be one of the one of the biggest midterm elections in I don't know, since they started actually taking good poll numbers. Uh, And it's like the over 60 or the over 65 vote is up like 95% in some places. And the under 30 vote is up by something like 550%. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. It's less impressive when you look and see that it's like 13% or something (laughs) originally. But uh, yeah, the, the increases are are cool. There's a woman that we talked about on the show before. One of the Nebraska state senators, Anna Wishart is proposing a bill that will allow people to vote. I think at the age of 16 in like state and local elections, Oh, cool! which I think is actually a really cool thing because those are actually more important in some ways than these bigger federal and state elections, because it is actually like, your school board, your city council, you know, those type of things. Yeah, absolutely. And yet when you it's, go it's into local vote, spending on infrastructure projects right. and like setting minimum wage and, you know, local uh, local civil rights ordinances and yeah, bond shit, issues yeah. and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, like the bathroom bills, like a lot of that stuff started as like local uh, ordinances and things like that. It's sad that there's not as much information like a lot of times the first time people hear about some of these races is that you go in to vote you know for senate or for congress or whatever and then you get this ballot and it's like two pages long and you're like what is all this crap and right. like what is the what does the register of deeds even do and why does why am i voting <laughs> on them like i don't even sure. understand what's happening here thing and i think anything that can encourage people to be more interested in you know looking at that type of stuff is really cool and get people into the habit at a young age of you know civic engagement at least yeah you know? maybe maybe you'll turn into a 
horrible cynical communist uh like me later on in life and go like <laughs> oh, your vote i mean yeah it might count it might not um but i mean you and i were political when we were 16 yeah absolutely and i think there's a great opportunity there to get people involved and to get people to participate in the process at a young age and then they could <laughs> look at the process and go like hey this is actually pretty whack and like maybe we should <laughs> yes. do something about it. Uh, it's pretty. Is that what the kids say now? Is yeah, that what the that's what the kids are, are always saying. Say. They're like, this political process is pretty wiggity whack, you guys. <laughs> I wish it was more coolio, but right now it is whack. That's how they do it out here in the suburbs. I think by next week we'll have more to say about whether any of these these voter initiatives, uh, these statistics that we've named the issues that we've been talking about tonight um actually really influenced anything uh, i'm i'm looking forward to doing a little breakdown um uh, but yeah for now i really hope that the like medicare expansion initiative passes in nebraska that would be really really cool there's a bunch of ballot initiative type things that i think people uh forget about we'll have this episode out in time if you were listening to this Probably tomorrow is when you need to absolutely get out there and vote. Um, just vote a straight Don't party worry. ticket. You won't be able to miss it because yeah. everybody's going to be talking about it. Everyone will be talking about it. We're done talking about it for this week. I'm Matthew Hodges. You can find me on Twitter at MattTheGweight with the W. Brendan Williams. Thank you for this arranging talk on politics and pop culture. Thanks. Follow me at Twitter at Brendan Williams with one L. And yeah, tune in next week for our uh, election results rundown. Election um, coverage. Which could be just a lot of fun or extremely depressing. One of those uh, two things, guaranteed. Yeah, I think we'll have at least as much fun as we always do, because most of the time we're talking about depressing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But we maybe better, it'll be better. Yeah, we better end the show before, before we uh, take it down a notch. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. Like us on iTunes. Do all that stuff. We'll see you next week. Bye.